you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated and then try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. Like we're not going to notice that the price changed. But that's why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. I told y'all and <laughs> left the story about going to the Tigers game on a little bit longer than I needed to. So obviously it's an update. I'll tell y'all, it went great. The tickets we had were amazing. And uh, we two different spots. They were, you know, they had the picture. And you never know, you know, is that picture going to be, you know, is it, are they zooming in? No, these pictures were great. And, and they're right on there. You click the picture of the section you're in. You kind of get an idea of where you're going to be sitting. It was great. I'm planning a day trip over to Houston to check out a game. And I've been looking for tickets. And they're coming in at five, six, ten dollars in great seats. So SeatGeek does it all for you. Uh, it's the only place I ever go to look for tickets for games and concerts anymore. SeatGeek has taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. SeatGeek pulls all the tickets available on other sites into one place so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming games and SeatGeek will let you know if the prices fall. Even better, every SeatGeek ticket is given a grade based on value so you can immediately find underpriced seats and before you buy you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat which I mentioned earlier is a great great feature probably my favorite feature but best of all SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price unlike StubHub SeatGeek shows you the full ticket price from start to finish and there's never surprises with huge fees at checkout and guys I got a $20 rebate for you off of your first SeatGeek purchase all you got to do is download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and add a promo code. Enter the promo code SLEEPER. SeatGeek will send you 20 bucks after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code SLEEPER today. Episode 351 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, June 3rd. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Eno Saris. Eno, we're on our new day. How's it going? It's the weekend. Finally. Obviously, it's not for us yet because we're currently working, but if this is work, (laughs) sign me up because it's great, man. We're going to be talking baseball. Got a bunch of hitters to talk about today. We did kind of a pitcher-focused episode Last time around, got a handful of guys. A lot of interesting mid to lower tier guys that, that we're digging into today that are kind of making their rise. We got to see if it's legitimate. Huge prospect has returned. Very interested to hear your take on that because not only are we going to be talking about him, but you just wrote about him. Before we get into that, please follow us on Twitter at Sporer, at Enoceris, at Jason Collette. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes. We have over 500 reviews. Of uh, and we're a five star, so we greatly appreciate that. Leave a comment, let us know what you think. But without further ado, let's dive right in because I mentioned our first guy here is going to be somebody that you just wrote about, and that's Byron Buxton. And I think that the hype is 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 high with him right now because he went down to the minors, he raked. Uh, I think MLB Network's been floating around one of their breakdowns showing that he made some changes. And I think there's going to be some expectations on him coming back after, you know, popping a 10, 10, 07, uh, OPS and 129 plate appearances at AAA. I'm not sure you see it the same way. What do you got on Byron Buxton? What'd you write about today? Well, 
you know, I tried to keep it even handed because, you know, he did actually make some changes. He did add a leg kick that he left behind uh, a while back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that uh, was a tangible change that could lead to some better outcomes in the future. But uh, through 200 plate appearances, he's got the second worst strikeout minus walk rate in the history of top 10 prospects. Oh, wow. I mean, wait, just, can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? Uh, I'm going to guess Brandon Wood is the tops. Actually, it's Javier Baez. Oh, that's right. That's right. Dang. I, I... But, uh, Brandon Wood is right there. And, you know, I guess you could say let's leave Javier Baez out because we don't quite know what's going to happen with him. But let's talk about the rest of the list. I'm just going to. I'm just going to list them, you know, and I'll, and I'll get to – I'll stop when I get to a name that isn't a bust. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, these, these are probably going to be devastating names. Byron Buxton, Brandon Wood, Ian Stewart. Oh, God. All right, Cameron Maven. I mean – Pedro Alvarez, Miguel Sano, Travis Snyder, Alex Gonzalez, oh. Melvin Up Jr., Jay Bruce, Rocco Baldelli, no. Carlos Kareem Garcia, and then – you get Justin Upton, Chris Bryant, Chris Prince Fielder, Mike Trout, Nick Johnson, Delman Young. But their you know their percentages are probably are what like 10, 10 points lower than his or um, way way lower. They're in the sixteens and seventeens, and there's a bunching there. Buxton's at thirty two percent, which but it's it's even beyond Brandon Wood, who was at twenty six percent. So Brandon Wood is clowning uh, him. Brandon Wood's at home clowning Byron Buxton. Yeah. Oh my and God. Ian Stewart, Ian Stewart is saying, "What's up with that walk rate, bro?" Ian Stewart and and Brandon Wood are on break at the insurance company. Like, <laughs> yo, you see Byron Buxton with a four percent walk rate? That is that is not lit. And Ian Stewart's yeah. like, "Yeah, that's not lit." But we got to get back, dude. We we took our fifteen minute break. <laughs> yeah. So it's not. Uh, that's really not good news. Also, he said some weird stuff. Like he's he said he really wants to. Like, hit the ball hard on one hop to the second baseman, and I was like... Wait, what? Okay. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> it might so, work if you hit it hard in the hole to the shortstop because of your speed, but to the second baseman? Yeah. He, I mean, he said that the point was to sort of keep his hands uh, through the ball, and, and basically he's talking about right center. Sure. I, 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 get, I get that. But it'd be better if it was over his head as a little line drive and shoot yeah, the gap all know. day. He did like literally say one hop to the second base, <laughs> and so uh, I didn't like that. He also has a, t- uh, a leg kick, and then he goes to the toe tap on this on the on with strike two. So that that could go either way because that actually shows some um, appreciation for a two strike approach. So you know, I could see. You know, kind of be like, well, that's that's good news. Sure. You know, he he has like a he has like a shorter swing with two strikes, trying to make contact. And that, that's what MLB uh, Network was breaking down between the the toe tap and the um and, and the leg kick. They they showed that you know to kind of show that yes, he went down, made some changes. There are some changes behind these big numbers for Byron Buxton, but you're not as sold. No, I mean, it's it's like a lot, you know, and it's it's a more it's a it's more complicated for a guy. That um, that basically said in the past. Listen to this. He said he made changes. So uh, he used to have a leg kick. I started with it. I got rid of it. I brought it back. Buxton said. 
saying that the changes along the way were just to change and came from not trusting myself. Oh, boy. So Changing for change's sake. So he's already nixed the leg kick just to change things up. Mm-hmm. And not, and he didn't trust himself. And then he, you know, brought it back because he didn't trust himself. So basically, he doesn't trust himself. And then you've got the the horrible, uh, the horrible problem of, you know, you can't get a job without without experience. How are you going to get experience without a job? He can't do any better without confidence. How is he going to get any confidence without doing any better? Yep. So, you know, I think that's sort of what happened with Brandon Wood. Is he just got so far in his head that he couldn't just, you know, let it eat, you know? Exactly. And Javier Baez, at least, is letting it eat. So And how? I have more confidence for Javier Baez to at least turn into, like, a Pedro Alvarez with defense, <clears throat> which I think, you know, is going to be a fairly valuable player. So Buxton You know, is... Melvin Upton Jr. is on this list, and his defense has floated him into a decent player. Maybe he got overpaid that one time. But um, that's of no consequence to you know actual value on the field. Exactly, so, and and so uh, is Melvin Upton's peak, By- Byron Buxton's upside for you right now. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, because I, I think he's Cameron Maben or Melvin Upton, and um, that's going to be really disappointing well, to people who you know had dreams of greatness for him. Those those are good outcomes, though. I mean, they're both. Uh, you know, athletic center fielders that have been worth, you know, actual value to their team. Maybe they can trade Buxton and, and uh, Barrios for, for the next great superstar the way the Tigers did with Mabin and Andrew Miller. <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's a positive fate. For, well, <laughs> that's, they'd that's have to be good think. first. Um, yeah, that's not, that's not encouraging. <laughs> that's, you know, the, okay, so the, the counter is that we've seen very little time from him. 199 plate appearances for Byron Buxton. He's 22 years old. He is still figuring it out. He can mature and and maybe start trusting himself, gain that confidence, and 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 buck this current trend that he's on. But how many years in a row did we say that about Brandon Wood, about Ian Stewart, hell about Cameron Mabin, and 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 even Travis Snyder? Oh my God, I cannot tell you how many chances I gave Travis Snyder uh, every time he went to a new place. I had I fit some great story about how he was ready to destroy it. And Rocco Baldelli, I mean, his body just gave he, – he had a bad body. I, I don't really yeah. know that there's anything beyond the fact that he just had a bad body that was not going to hold up to the rigors of being a professional athlete. It's funny. Buxton's been up uh, for three games, and he's struck out uh, four times in 12 plate appearances, and that represents, uh, that represents progress. <laughs> but he has not yet walked. So in terms of strikeout minus walks progress, he's actually gotten worse. Oh my god, that's not good. That's <laughs> that's alarming. That is alarming, y'all. Maybe if 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 you first off read Eno's piece, but if you if you come out feeling the same way, think you might be looking for that one hot streak, and then you sell him in your dynasty league because he still has name value for sure. You know, most people understand. Again, I don't think we're burying him either. I think that you're pointing out where this could be headed, and it's it's not positive. Like I said, 200 plate appearances, but if he has that little that little burst for 14, 20 games, I think maybe you flip him at that point. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate that my piece came out. If you were looking to sell him, I think uh, in terms of like you know picking him up 
in a redraft for your bench, I still think it's an all right. It's an all right deal. There's, you know, we no matter what we say about his floor, his ceiling is is decent. So, yeah, there, uh, there's still a chance. Obviously, like we said, this is not set in stone, but it's just headed but down. Dynasty thinks he's just he's just even if he does turn into a Maven or a Melvin Upton, that's not gonna. You probably get more value from him. You know, if he did have a nice little uh, little run, you'd probably get more value from him than selling a future Melvin Upton or Cameron Ray. Absolutely. So, so, so that's I, how feels. I, I sold him for Kluber and Scoresheet uh, before the season started. That was my only share. And, uh, you know, if you could do something like that, even if, you know, Kluber just represents to you like a, a you know, a, a rental even, it might be might make make sense for you. I got I got uh, Buxton share for uh, off the wire when he was sent down for steals. And so it's not it's a non keeper, so I'm just gonna hang on to it for now. But yeah, I think you dynasty folks might need to start investigating and see him what's up. Honestly, the window for, for a good trade might be open right now because of the hype off of his minor league work. So you might not even have to wait for the hot run at the MLB. Just hope that they don't read Eno's stuff. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Jose Ramirez, uh, kind of a utility ish player for Cleveland who. He's probably going to fall into a lot more playing time, though, with Marlon Byrd's suspension because he has been playing some left field. You know, he's actually been around for a little bit from only being 23. He's got 809 major league plate appearances, only an 87 OPS plus. But this year he's at 127. And he's got a little mix of power and speed. Three homers, four stolen bases for Jose Ramirez. I like that he's playing. We had a couple questions about him. He's a high contact guy. So, yeah, he is hitting. 320 with a 341 Babbitt. Frankly, he should have had a much better Babbitt with this contact last year. The 232 was a bit unlucky, but there, part of it was the fact that sometimes he just makes uh, mediocre to bad contact, and uh, you know sometimes medium contact. If it's too high, it's still a lot of easy outs. And whenever I'd watch Ramirez play with the uh, with the Indians against the Tigers, he never struck me as like a, a tough out. This year, we've seen some things change though. He's, he's spreading out his, his batted ball profile a bit more. The line drive rate's way up. Ground ball rate's uh, down. It's been shifted over to the fly ball rate. He's using the entire field. Really cut his pull percentage. I think he was selling out for power previously, Jose Ramirez was, because now it's from 44 to 30%. He's going up the middle to the opposite field, and his uh, hard hit rate kind of goes up a little tick every year, like a percent, percent, percent. So it's not necessarily up. But it's not down either, and that, I do like the fact that it's not even down, even though he's using the field more and and changing his batted ball profile. So I think there's a lot to like out of a 23-year-old Jose Ramirez in terms of what we're seeing from the batted ball profile. You think it can stay, um, and he can continue to be a, a power speed contributor, or what, what? How do you feel about a 23-year-old Jose Ramirez? He's underrated. I mean, his glove. Might be a little miscast as a starting shortstop, but you know the defensive metrics haven't been unkind to him there. So uh, you know, I even wrote a piece at one point. It might be embarrassing to admit this, but I'll admit it anyway because I do not embarrass. I wrote a piece saying that Jose Ramirez was doing so well that they should trade Francisco Lindor. Oh, so, yeah, actually, yeah, you know what? Right. Because that's going too far, but because he's so underrated. Um, and and not often talked about. That article is still in his top five. Oh God! <laughs> oh no! It's right, there. it's right there. 
Oh, God. Jose Ramirez, Francisco Ariano, and a nice problem to have. Hmm, I wonder if I'm going to read this. Oh, oh Indians dog. should trade Francisco Lindor. <laughs> love it. No, I love it. Uh, so, yeah, obviously he doesn't have to play shortstop. They were able to get him off that position quickly. My next piece with Jose Ramirez. Just because, <laughs> j- no matter what, it's about a pitcher, and you're going to put Jose Ramirez in there. <laughs> next one would be like, you know, it's pitcher ranks. Like... <laughs> Jose Ramirez is in there. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I guess that's fine. Um, so yeah, now he's more of a utility guy. 25 games at third, 25 games in left, four games at second, two games at at short. I think that left field job could kind of become his, though. Outfield's been a disaster for the Cleveland Indians this year. I mentioned Marlon Byrd's toast. Michael Martinez is not kicking him out of any sort of playing time. Lonnie Chisenhall isn't either. In fact, they all need to play. I think it's going to be Ramirez, Rajay, and and Chisenhall right now with uh, until Brantley gets back. But even when Brantley gets back, I think that that just put, pushes uh, Rajay back to his fourth outfield role. So I think the playing time is there. Ramirez is a switch hitter as well. I don't know. I'm kind of getting hyped on him a little bit. Yeah, I— I love his batted ball profile. It's the kind that uh, really should lead to great, uh, great batting averages. I mean, he strikes out as much as he walks and uh, makes great contact. His swing strike rate is about half of the league average. So, you know, that plus the fact that his batted ball velocity, his exit velocity, you know, spent one week above average last year. And, and um, uh, this year has been much more the opposite. Uh, definitely. You know, average last year was around 85. Average this year is more like 88. So and that's a, every little mile per hour was well, also going from below average to above exactly, average. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes on some of these percentages or, or with this miles per hour, it's like, oh, three miles per hour. What's that? But th- we're talking about an average as well. And some of those can be big gains. I think three miles per hour is actually a pretty nice gain there. Uh, and, and on top of it, you want to pair this with launch angle analysis, and, and he's actually cut his ground ball rate. So he's lifting the ball better, best fly ball rate of his career. Um, it hasn't been coupled with a pop-up rate uh, increase, and he's going he's going right up the middle, and it's the best hard hit rate of his career. So, uh, yeah, I mean, everything lines up perfectly for a guy who could hit uh, you know, I think outdo his projections. So more like a two, I would say, call him a two eighty guy. Um, and you know, with this new ground ball rate, maybe maybe league average power is possible. So maybe he's really right now uh, true talent, full season, two eighty, twelve twenty guy. So that leaves him nine more homers. Yeah, and that, I mean he's and, and, he's, and he's now going to play speeds. more. He's not. He's going to play more. Uh, I, I agree with you that I think that left field job is open. And the reason I, I'm so excited about him, actually, is that he uh, – uh, honestly, I have to step back for something. I'm excited about him, but you heard those numbers. Those are barely 12-team yeah. numbers. Those are those – are, you know what that is? I think that the best you could use him in a mixed league is use all those um, uh, eligibilities. That's what I was going to mention, yeah. The eligibility yeah. is huge. It's, in head-to-head, and with a guy who's batting average safe, basically what you're saying is, I'm going to throw him in in these innings. I'm going to throw him in for extra innings. He's probably going to get me more hits, and maybe he runs into a home run on the day, on that Thursday or that Monday when there's not much going on. Mm-hmm. Or he becomes like a fill-in for my guy who's nicked up. He becomes my, my gong-bong, uh, you know, backup guy. Um, you know, so like, uh, I, I think that can be very useful. And then you know, looking at their their outfield right now, 
I think even if they make a trade, Jose Ramirez is going to be useful. I agree. Because Rajai Davis should be short side platoon. Tyler Naquin is playing above his head right now. So if you moved Jose Ramirez into a platoon with, with Rajai Davis, you would still have room for Michael Brantley and still have room for, um, you know, like a platoon partner for Lonnie Chisenhall. So, um, you know, there's still there's still places. Or, worst case scenario, uh, Ramirez turns into a platoon partner for Lonnie Chisenhall. They trade for, you know, a, a full-time center fielder. So, but you know what? This team doesn't really like to trade. No, and I, mean, I think they've been reluctant to trade for outfielders because they have Zimmer, uh, Bradley Zimmer, yeah. and, and Clint Frazier on the way, or else they would have done something in the winter because we've been harping on their outfield yeah. since the winter and saying that they need to make some sort of move, and they never did, and I think it's because those guys are relatively close. Yeah, I think between injuries and you know poor play and the veteran status of Juan Uribe, <laughs> uh, I think that Jose Ramirez – is going to manage another... Zips has him at 380. I like that. He's 380. Uh, uh, I up that that uh, average to 280. A 380 plate appearances, 280 average, and uh, 6 to 8 homers, uh, 15 stolen bases. So, yeah, it's a little borderline for a lot of leagues, but uh, I, I would have him around in leagues where you can get an extra hit or two. The shortstop eligibility really really changes things and he does have that from last year i mentioned he's only played two this year but 46 last year 33 at third uh, second base excuse me for jose ramirez and so you're dealing with double middle eligibility that can work that's going to squeeze him into a few more leagues on that uh on that lower threshold like a 12 teamer some of you are struggling with injuries or you're just not getting what you need out of shortstop or middle and that can kind of bring him in but by and large 15 teams and beyond is where he's really capable of making a big impact so we do like jose ramirez for sure next up is a guy i don't know anything about except his extremely white name and so i'm relying on you to give me something on whit merrifield hi i'm whit merrifield the third i'm definitely a lawyer um i mean whit merrifield uh tell me about whitley david merrifield uh 27 year old rookie chase whitley merrifield um, I, you know, he's, he's 27 already and he's played triple A for three straight years. He's been above, uh, he's been double A or above for four years. So, and wasn't he's, really good at trip. Well, okay. never mind. Excuse me. Excuse me. I was going to say, uh, I thought this year was his first good year at triple A cause he was bad last year, but he was actually good in 2014, bad in 2015 and good so far this year. But and guess which one was the biggest sample? I was going to say the two good <laughs> ones were both tiny samples, and then the 594 full season would just leave you there and you play. He was poop. Yeah, he, gets, he I mean, can run. He can run. 265 with 32 stolen bases, but you know it's a lot easier to run on those tandems in the minor leagues. Yep, so 100. Um, percent And then you know he's going to come up and try to impress everybody by running into an out. They'll, they'll run him some. I mean, he's already taken uh, two two attempts. So it's two attempts and 50 plate appearances. So, you know, that's uh, that grades out to, like, what, 20 steals over a full year. Um, and uh, he's not going to get a full year. So the story's the story been that he, he got hits in every one of his starts so far. Um, and he has, like, several multi-hit games. He's just – he's just um, – I mean, I guess you could get, like, a panic situation from him. 
even though he hasn't really shown that sort of patience. Uh, you could have, you know, if he just steps in and and is decent, like the Giants have guys and the Cardinals have guys that do that. But, um, and, you know, Christian Colon, not very good. And Omar Infante, not very good. Omar Infante is like, geez, what did I even do? I mean, th- th- there is some playing time here because of all the injuries that KC suffered. They've, they've been decimated with injuries, and that's why Whit Merrifield's even up getting a real chance. Their outfield uh, wasn't really set anyway. Their right field was kind of like suspect the whole time. It was Gordon Kane and then Paulo Orlando, who also now gets a boost. Who do you like between those two, Paulo Orlando, Whit Merrifield, or quit fantasy baseball because you have to choose between them? <laughs> Quit fantasy baseball. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, well, so I'm looking at uh, Christian Cologne's playing time. That has dried up. It has dried up. That is meaningful to me, actually. It's amazing that it's meaningful to me. <laughs> Omar Infante is a right-hander as well, and he is playing some. Okay, so if he is playing, that means that with Merrifield might be Chesler Cuthbert's right-handed platoon mate uh, at third base. Yeah, Cologne, Cologne got optioned, dude, a couple weeks back. So that's yeah. why he's tried. And, yeah, they've gone with Cuthbert as the main fill-in for Moustakis, and then Merrifield bouncing around. Oh, my goodness. They're all righties. So it's not even a real good uh, platoon situation here. Well, you know what? He could beat out Infante. He could beat out Infante. And... Uh, Paulo Orlando, I think more definitively in the back seat, uh, 30 years old to Whitfield's 27. Mm-hmm. I think this honestly opens up an opportunity for Brandon Wood and Ian Stewart to try to come back. <laughs> hey, yo. I'm just saying. I'll take uh, Whitfield. Okay. I'll take Whit- uh, Whitfield. Whitfield. I li- no, shorten his name. Whitfield. Merrifield. We're getting rid of the Mary. <laughs> Whitfield. Just... I'll take Merrifield because he could play second base. Yeah, that, that's that's the help there, especially between uh, he and Paolo Orlando, is that he's actually played second and third, Whit Merrifield has. He's got the speed. I think I'll go with him too, but if you're in a league that deep, which I'm, I definitely am, so I'm not blasting those of you who are. I'm in leagues that deep. We, we, but sometimes it does make you want to poke your yeah, eyes we, out. Yeah, we've got, we got to analyze some of our choices, y'all. We've got to reanalyze things. All right, let's move on to at least a better player, although he's not. You know, he's still not every mixed league worthy. I mean, he's getting close, though. Joe Maurer, there's been a little bit of return return of Maurer here. Um, I'm sure it's directly related to health. Uh, you know, he played a bunch last year, but doesn't mean he's always healthy. He was pretty awful. Last year was his worst year ever, 718 OPS, 97 OPS plus. First time under uh, 107. over. Excuse me, 102 was his previous low. But first time below average. Um, ever. And this year's back up to 124. The problem always with Joe Maurer is that even when he's performing well now, he's still a first baseman. And even when he's performing well, it's batting average OBP. It's not really power. He's pacing toward 19 homers. That's corner only. But talk to us a little bit about Joe Maurer and anything that you might have seen from him so far this year. You know, he... he... I think he got back to himself. I don't know what happened, but sometime in what year is it here? 
sometime in the middle of 2013, he became a little bit un like And his swing rate went up. Let's see, is that 2013? Yeah, his swing rate went up in the second half of 2013. And then it just kept climbing and climbing uh, in 2014 and 2015. So you have a guy who never reached, you know, more than 20%, you know, reaching a quarter of the time. And never really swung 40% of the time, swinging 40% of the time. He's the guy that Joe that Joey Votto, you know, idolizes in terms of swing rates. And here he was, you know, swinging like a normal person. And also trying to pull the ball a little bit more than usual. So... Uh, I think he's settled into a good ratio of of pull to to oppo, uh, showing he can cover both sides of the plate. Uh, he's not as a, at his most extreme ground ball to fly ball level, where you know there's absolutely no power coming from him. And um, you know he's changed things up a little bit, and now he's back to his old swing rate too. I mean he's 34% uh, swing rate, career 37, so he's even below, and uh, reach rate. He's at 25%, career 25%, or 20 uh, by, you know, there's different reach rates on the, on the website. But anyway, he's back to basically his career reach rate and his career swing rate. So I like all that. I think um, I think we've got the old Joe Maurer back. Now, the old Joe Maurer, you know, hits 280 to 300 with 10 home runs. Exactly. And like I said, it's at first base. And so... It's still got pretty limited. You know, you know where his best value is right now. Probably is a very, very specific type of league. But in those rare AL only leagues that make you have a legitimate DH, um, sometimes it can be tough to find. It's not even as tough anymore. I used to play in one. That's why I know about these. I, uh, I think I don't know, AL only OBP. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm saying his best, not his own. Uh, right, OBP right, yeah. in general, he's still he's still very. I mean, he's got a 392. Any OBP, yeah. I think he's still at least a corner. Um, if it's know, it's funny, I, I think his ISO will hold, but I don't think his home run rate will hold. I think that some of those home runs will turn into doubles. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, he's at a twenty percent home run for fly ball rate. You don't think that's going to hold for Joe Maurer? No, it's ten percent career. So even even with a couple more, you know, fewer ground, uh, ground balls, I think, um, yeah, I think he'll end up probably around twelve homers for the year. But, Can we just give him catcher eligibility because catcher sucks this year and he used oh to? God, amazing. That that'd be the best. All right, let's let's move, let's move on. Let's talk about a guy who has a similar sort of you, not the same sort of value for Logan Morrison. I was going to say though because he's a corner guy who doesn't have a ton of power, his value is also limited. That was the link I was trying to make, but it was weak. And because he's nothing like him, uh, he does not have the same batting average, does not have the same OBP, has a super punchable face, can't stand Logan Morrison. But <sighs> he's been playing really well lately. Last 30 days, three bombs, three steals. The, the steals are interesting, and, and I think he had double digits last year. Oh, close. He had eight. Um, and, and with 17 homers, and but the 225 average really cut into any value that could have had. His counting numbers were terrible for Seattle. He's with Tampa Bay. The county numbers are not much better. I don't know what to make of him, but somebody did request him. Um, so what, what, what are you seeing on Logan Morrison? Anything here worth worth getting in on, or do we already miss his best work with that with that last month? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, there's, there's a lot of batting average on balls in play in there. I mean, he's had 400 BABIP since May, May 1st. It's hard to give him that. I mean, he's not that type of player. 
I don't I don't see like a real change in his batted ball mix. Maybe like this could be our shortest discussion on a person ever. Fewer ground like fewer ground balls. Yeah, I guess he put you put a little more lift into the ball. And um, went center a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I think it was a lot of luck, man. I think I see a, I see a spike in line drive rate, which is not sticky, not yeah. a good number. He just ran, ran hot. Or it might, might still be running hot, but right. you might get the tail end of it. You, you, you sticking with projections here, 248 and four, four steals? Um, Are you veering much beyond yeah, that? Yeah, there's a slight batted ball mix change that could take him to uh, steamer levels, which is uh, 240 with nine home runs. Okay. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I have to reanalyze everything I was these, thinking. That's how these things work, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, one's below average ISO and one's above average. Yeah. I do think he can manage an above average ISO, like a, a 150 to 160 ISO. That's not above average for a first baseman. But but league above average. To a larger point, but league above average. Yeah, I think it'll end up looking a little bit like his 2014 Mariners season at the end of the season. 262 with 11 homers, time off. Um, and five SBs. Yeah. I don't know why. It's weird that he still steals bases with like a chronic knee problem. It is kind of weird, but... He does what he wants to do. Remember when he was like a Twitter sensation? And then everyone's like, actually, that guy's a massive... Okay, never mind. Let's move on. Uh, the, the swing strike rate and the strikeout rate are not good. So, uh, yeah, those if, things if you haven't are... caught the hot streak, I'm not yeah. sure you should even jump on. Because if he's available, Mauer probably might be as well. Just depending on the, on the league depth that you're in. I don't know. I'm, I'm not in. I'm not seeing anything worth jumping in on here. That Rays offense doesn't do it for me either. I know they were hitting bombs for a while, might still be, but it's just not a good offense. It's not a good offense. If they had any semblance of an offense, they'd be competing in that division, but instead they're 22 and 29. Now, when we talked about Joe Maurer, I mentioned how god-awful catcher's been this year, and we might have a, a, a ray of hope in the form of Wilson Ramos, who's been uh, who's been beasting. I think we talked about him a while ago where we mentioned how much we used to fawn over him and, and, and want to project more onto him, especially after that 2013 when he hit 272 with 16 homers in less than half of a season, 78 games. Not that he would ever play 162, but a catcher you know, still going to get 140. Boy, it looked like, oh, God, this is going to be great. He can be the next really good catcher. Struggled through 14, was terrible last year. It was just power only. 15 bombs, that was it. But you can still use them because catchers are so bad, especially in two catcher leagues. Well, this year, seven homers, 338 average. The strikeout rate's back down big time, in fact, to a career best 12%. Walk rate's never been his his deal, uh, career 6%, lingering around five each of the last three seasons. This year, up to seven. Small gain, but when you pair it with the strikeouts, I do, I do like seeing that out of Wilson Ramos. He's got a 23% homer to fly ball rate, a, a, a mark that he's either matched or exceeded in two different seasons, including that 2013 when he hit 16 bombs. I'm curious if you're seeing anything here that suggests Wilson Ramos is ready to have that full breakout year, or if, again, it's in the midst of a hot streak that's a, that's going to come crashing back down to earth. I, I buy in the, the corrective surgery mm-hmm. I believe, for his eyes. Yeah, I believe we mentioned that as well. Yeah. So I, I, 
I, I uh, the the power I think is going to come back to Earth. Um, that just seems like a lot to ask of of, of improved eyesight. It's basically matching the 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 big season, the 2013 season with the 199 ISO. I mentioned the 23% homer to fly ball rate, and it's just tough to say that okay, he's going to match his career best, especially when he did that only for 78 games. Yeah. What's it going yeah. to come down to? I do to believe that? the improved OBP. Um, the improved contact rate, the improved strikeout rate. So I'll give him a 280 average or something going forward. Okay. How many bombs? Yeah. Huh? How many bombs? How many homers? The rest of the way. Um, you, you like the 9 to 10 that, that the projections are saying or more? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, that's so that still would, really that would, good. That would, he'll still end up with a 300 average for the year and uh, 15 to 18 homers. Yeah, so. 280 and 9 the rest of the way at catcher. The way catcher's been yeah. this year, you should hang on to that for dear life at that point. For sure. Catcher's been so freaking bad, you know, that I would be mm. dying for Wilson Ramos. Obviously, he's not, he shouldn't be available in any leagues. He might be available in some one-catcher leagues, maybe, but I think these numbers are too dang good. At some point, he might have just recently been picked up, but there's, I can't imagine he's available. I, I retract that. There's no way. If he is, you're, you're playing with some clowns, but take advantage of it. Um, okay. I like Wilson Ramos. You like Wilson Ramos. He's going to come down from this level, but he's going to still be very useful behind the dish. And that lineup's pretty good. Should get some decent counting categories out of a catcher as well. And then, of course, there's the enhanced risk of being catcher. We know. All right, last guy for the day. This guy is beasting power-wise. Adam Duvall, a guy we have talked about at different points in the past. Just got done taking care of Colorado. Popped three more homers. Not like he got fat on that, though. He had 11 before then. I mean, he is just blasting the ball. And I think we talked about him at the end of last year because I wrote him up as a, as a cheap power source down the stretch after he got traded over for Mike Leake uh, to the Reds. Not much for uh, OBP. He's got 292 to go with his 260 average. He's just selling out for power, but it's working. It's on pace for 47 bombs. I'll go out on a limb and say that Adam Duvall is not going to hit 47 bombs. But can he chase down 35 at this point with what he's got banked? What, what do you think, Eno? Yeah, you know, projections loved him coming into the season. And uh, so, you know, there was uh, – I, I got him in a, in a few really deep leagues just because – actually just because of that one fact. I didn't, I didn't see it necessarily because he's a 27-year-old righty. Didn't, uh, didn't you take him in the, in the Dynasty League? I did. I took him in the dynasty league, and, and I believe I contributed to that. Uh, you know, the 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 problem in that one is that it's an OBP league, yeah. and he just you know has stopped walking. Two ninety two. Maybe maybe it'll come back. I don't know. I mean, he's he, he walked more than minors, and you know now that he shows this power, maybe people step off. Anyway, he's he's the he was always supposed to have power and strike out a lot, so he's pretty much doing what we expected him to do, and and for a righty. You know, he had to hit a lot of righties to to get here. So, you know, it, it's uh, it's not maybe not so surprising that he won the job over Shebler. He's right in his peak, and he maybe just doesn't have much projection left. So, um, I'd probably give him more like his. Um, well, yeah, his projections. Why not? The projections were right. They were right. Yeah, Stick they, with them. They, they, yeah, they they've continued to be right. They loved him for some pop. Uh, out there and since in a, and the big thing about it was the fact that he also had a, a great chance for playing time right Cincinnati was not rocking 
too much with regards to their uh, to their outfield outside of Jay Bruce and Billy Hamilton. They had that left field wide open, and so he's going to get a chance. Everyone thought Jesse Winker was going to come up take that job right away, but I feel like Duvall can hold it for the bulk of the year. Winker might get a September call. Uh, I guess the one other question is, since he is 27, is he going to get traded? No, I mean they 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 want uh, they want to have years of control, you know, and they've got years of control. So I I think that Jay Bruce only they only have this year and next year. So I think Jay Bruce is the guy who's going to go. I feel like they've been working on that for a, a whole minute, right? I mean, we keep hearing Jay Bruce, and I, I agree with you by the way that this year has to be. The well, they wanted Jay. I think they didn't want to sell low on Jay Bruce, and now they can sell high on. Jay yeah, Bruce, I think that's so. a completely fair point. So uh, I think it'll become much more likely this year. Uh, and then, you know, if, even if they don't trade Jay Bruce, you know, Billy Hamilton's time grows short. I don't know that Jesse Winker can play short, can play center. Well, so they, let, they let Shinsu Chu play center, so. That's a uh, They might let right uh, But, uh, I mean, Billy needs, to, Billy needs to do just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. I mean, he's doing okay, um, and this might be the best he can do. Um, over the course of a season, it's going to be about league average production. Maybe they just have that guy in the eighth spot in their order, and he plays really good defense and steals a bunch of bases and just, you know, otherwise is unremarkable. <clears throat> that might be who Billy Hamilton is. Um so I, I think the, the Jay Bruce situation will open up for Winker. That'll be what happens there. I think that makes sense. So stick stick with Duvall. If you got him for the power, you knew that there's going to be a, a bit of a deficiency with the LBP. Even last year in his little uh, sample where he popped five homers for him in 72 plate appearances, he only had a 306 OBP. It's not that different. In fact, you're getting better batting average this year. And like you said, the more he continues to hit the pop, maybe – they get a little bit more fearful of him. He recognizes that, starts taking more walks. So I'm with you on Adam Duvall there as somebody that the projections seem to get right. So just go ahead and hang with them. Um, all right, you know, that's going to wrap up for the guys that, that we were asked to talk about, plus a few that I added in there. What do you got going on this weekend, man? This is We're, we're doing a Friday show, so now we can talk about what's coming up for the weekend. That's right. Well, I've got to finish my book. So the... Uh... The craft beer, the beer book, the craft yes. beer lovers guide to baseball. That's got to. I've got to finish that this weekend, and um, and otherwise uh, chasing the uh, the poopy kids around. <laughs> and uh, I've got a friend in town. We're gonna go have some uh, some brunch, uh, yes. kid birthday parties. Whit Merrifield's gonna go kid. with you to the brunch. <laughs> Hello, this is Whit Merrifield. I'm confirming the brunch appointment. <laughs> You guys are going to invite your insurance buddies, Brandon, Brandon Wood and Ian Stewart. It'll be a great party. Thanks for the invite. Jeez. That sounds like a good weekend. What about you? Uh, I'm going to be chilling, um, taking Charlotte for, for walks all weekend. We, lo- we love to go on our on our little walks. She's, she's plumping up. She, she lives when you're, when you're a tiny dog, when you're a mini dachshund, you live on, a, on an interesting threshold where one pound can be a difference. Uh, when I took her in, they're like, "Oh, she's nine pounds. She needs to be eight. I'm like, "Really?" So yeah, we got we we got to slim her down a little bit. Run some walks. Exactly. So we'll be taking walks. I'm actually gonna be. Uh, it's obviously not spring. It's summer, but I'm gonna be like summer cleaning. So this is gonna be kind of a boring ass weekend for me. There's gonna be a lot of baseball involved, but I gotta clean up the the apartment a bit. I want to clear off the desk, rearrange it, 
get that stuff. I bought a new printer. I got to get set up. Like the, again, total loser yeah. weekend. But that's just the way it's going to be because in a couple weeks, two weeks from now, we're going to be hanging out and we're going to be in New York. And yeah. I don't know. Can I spoil it? Uh, obviously, if not, you'll have me delete it. But can I tell them that you're going to be on MLB now in studio? Oh, that's right. That, MLB at the desk. That's going to be so dope. If you guys don't watch MLB now, first off, you should. Because if you listen to our show, there's a really good chance that you would like that show on MLB Network with Brian Kenny and his crew. So, uh, I got my hair did. Oh, man. I'm so excited to see you in there for the full hour. Trying to lose a little, trying to lose a little weight. Unfortunately, it seems like the last thing, piece of weight that will go is like that little goblet, turkey goblet <laughs> thing on the neck. And that's what you but, want going uh, the most? But I, I, I've gotten a little uh, pro um, advice on how to uh, try to mitigate that uh, little thing called turtling. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's. I think people do that on TV. I don't know. Oh, you think people alter their appearance before they go on TV? What? No, it's it's like uh, sort of like trying to shove your head forward and your and your shoulders back a little bit. Oh, just like a little tr- a stance trick. Uh, yeah, a, a, it's a positioning. Kind of, so that- so that your uh, your little gobbler doesn't show up. They're probably going to put makeup on you too. That'll be cool. Yeah, be a- but you know, knowing me, I'll find some weird look that I that I will make like the entire I time. I can't wait, like, dude. What the I'm going to be with the vine. My phone. <laughs> I'm just going to be holding it up in front, taking six second Guaranteed clips of you your faces. Like, the lids half open look. You know. I'm so excited, uh, dude. It's going to be the awesome. zombie look. Yeah, and then the meetup. Uh, people don't forget if you're in New York City, we're having a meetup on Saturday, June June 18 at Rattlin' Hum West. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, oh, look at this. Uh, my kids. son has had three poop accidents. Oh, and poopy kids! Out of all of his clothes, and so I need to run to daycare and bring him clothes. All right. Well, well, good luck with that. Uh, we'll be back on on uh, Wednesday. Uh, Jason and I will be back on Sunday. Till then, take care and have a great weekend, Eno. Yeah, you too. Thanks for listening. Bye.